for today's podcast, I'd like to read my complete short story, Modern Art and the Critics. It is one of the shorter stories in my uh, latest book of short stories titled Echoes of the Mind's Eye, uh, which I published in 2021. It has 13 short stories in it, and this is one of the more offbeat ones <laughs> that I hope uh, you will enjoy. So without further ado, here is my unrehearsed cold reading of Modern Art and the Critics. A half dozen art critics stood around a naked white canvas perched at an angle below the empty wall space where one would have expected it to hang. They closely examined the piece, some squatting and some taking a knee to take a closer look. It was the opening day of a hot new artist's exhibit, featuring a variety of works in multiple media, from oil paintings to papier-mâché sculptures to collages rendered from a multitude of objects and some smaller pieces that appear to have been made by particularly sadistic children dipping salamanders, frogs, and worms in paint until nearly drowned and then setting them loose on a blank canvas to regale the world with the colorful renderings of their final death throes. This particular painting, however, had attracted the crowd of experts not only for its starkness, but also by its placement as they hotly debated its meaning. It is obviously social commentary on the desperate isolation of human being faces in life, claimed critic number one in a voice dripping with self-assured gravity intermixed with an obviously fake English accent. Yes, said the second critic, but it is much more than that. Take a closer look at the placement of the paint off-center, near the lower right corner of the canvas, a single irregular dot, and take a closer look at it under even low magnification from my loop. It is not a dot of black paint, despite its diminutive size. The artist has managed to imbue it with at least four different colors that I can detect a remarkable achievement in itself. Can't you feel the metaphorical oppressive weight of the cosmos on that dot representing our collective humanity? The skewed display of the canvas at an angle weighing down on the subject makes that patently clear. This voice from a woman in an incredibly tight red dress that seemed painted on her, spoken through blood-red lips enhanced via collagen injections to a perpetual pout. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. Look carefully at the subject. The irregular dot in its asymmetric three-dimensional rendering is nothing but a cancer cell. 
This is not a comment on isolation or oppression, but rather a statement about humanity's cancerous existence on the face of the earth. Notice how the canvas rests unhung from its prepared place of honor on the wall. It represents the decline and inevitable fall of our planet because of humanity's destructive impact. Climate change, overpopulation, strip mining, deforestation of our rainforests, unchallenged industrialization, all contributing to the ultimate destruction of our world. Can't you see that? It is as plain as can be. Critic number three. A diminutive man dressed in a manner reminiscent of Woodstock with long, greasy, uncombed hair and the smell of too long unwashed jeans emanating from his squatting form opined in a voice like nails on a chalkboard, rising to a nearly inaudible crescendo in keeping with his righteous agitation. Oh, for the sake of unholy Beelzebub, cut in the fourth critic in a booming voice. This is none of those things. You are all completely missing the point. Painting represents nothing more than the creative process at work. The canvas has not yet been placed on an easel, let alone a place of honor on the gallery wall. The dot simply represents the inspiration of the artist before she even begins to touch, brush, or palette to canvas. It is merely a germinating seed of an idea. The pregnant kernel of truth will give birth to an as yet unrealized masterpiece. It is the idea of the painting, the very metaphorical soul and quintessence of the creative process, opined critic number four. I think you're all overthinking it, though some of you are not far from the mark. It's just a metaphor for existentialist despair. There is no meaning beyond the irregular dot that is our existence in an endless universe that could not give a fig about us. Yes, there is isolation and the oppressive weight of our short painful, and utterly pointless existence in a blank, sterile, uncaring corner of the universe, said critic number five, a beautiful woman in a husky voice and body that could convince a rock it had wings and was born to fly, as she took another sip of cheap champagne from her plastic, fluted glass. We could stand here and argue about this all night, chimed in the last of the six critics. A portly man in a rumpled shirt and faded jeans wearing a corduroy jacket with leather patches on each elbow that screamed, college professor. The important thing is not the message itself, elusive though it may be. It is the power of true art to move us and to motivate us to draw our own conclusions, equivocal though they may be. The message is whatever we decide it is, and thereby give meaning to the work. 
expand its horizons, and enrich it beyond the artist's own vision, making it metaphorically fill the blank canvas with the power of our own imaginations. Such is the unrivaled power of true art, that it sparks the creative spirit in each of us, inflaming our imaginations and filling our otherwise empty existence with meaning. Having added what he thought to be the conclusive and only rational analysis of the piece in his expert opinion, he drained his own bubbly and left the group to marvel at his unique critical mind and unassailable analysis as he went to fetch a refill, wondering if anybody had any decent pot. Each critic, having shared her or his opinion on this rather enticing work of art, they moved on, mentally replaying their analysis so that they may share it through the pages of their respective magazines, newspapers, and art appreciation classes the next day. As a group, they followed their noses until they stood at a unique sculpture in a corner of the room some 50 feet away. It was made from a collection of 12 human tongues, pilfered from medical schools in four states, and stitched together around a diminutive stainless steel ladder with the label atop simply reading, Babel. As soon as the critics moved on, Two maintenance workers ambled toward the non-painting that had engendered such passionate discussion and analysis, with one reluctantly handing over a $50 bill to the other. I thought they'd never stop yammering, said the man, retrieving his winning bet. I knew that by it, but never expected the endless stream of horseshit they spouted he said, laughing. I never thought a speck of fly shit would cause such a stir. So what was actually hanging on the now missing place on the wall before you put that there? Uh, nothing. The artist was supposed to deliver a dozen new pieces, but uh, apparently he could not crank the last one out in time. So I was told to hang a blank canvas to represent the artist's creative process at work. Uh, how'd the fly get in there? Don't we have some protection against that kind of stuff in the gallery? Oh, sure, sure, but uh, it was attracted by the rotting tongues on the sculpture the critical geniuses are now examining and took a dump on the blank canvas. I took it down to replace it with a clean blank canvas when I thought, oh, why not screw around with their minds a little? And the rest is history. The fly eventually bought it in one of the hidden bug zappers, but uh, not before giving birth to my own creative idea. Maybe the last blowhard was right after all, he said, chuckling softly, as his friend, now $50 poorer, glared at him unamused.